Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Here's the deal. When I started that race, I had no plans of quitting. However, halfway through, quitting entered my mind. Two-thirds of the way through, quitting was really strong. Two-and-a-half-thirds of the way through, quitting was even more likely for me. How many times in our life do we find ourselves quitting something, whatever it is, but when we think back before we started it, we had no plans of quitting when we started. I believe today the church has a big problem with people quitting their faith. Now, here's the deal. We don't start our faith planning on quitting, right? Nobody makes a commitment to Jesus thinking, man, this is going to be really good for me for three months. And then three months later, there's no church attendance, there's no Bible reading, there's no prayer, there's no Jesus conversations, there's no faith-led conversations, there's no, uh, there's no giving, there's no worshiping, there's no serving, there's no community, there's no love, there's no forgiveness. We don't start out in our relationship with the Lord thinking, this is going to be really sweet for a year, but I'm going to quit in a year. Right? However, how many times have you and I found our, ourselves thinking like, this whole Jesus thing is tough. Like this whole Christian thing is kind of rough. Like it's maybe not be what you thought it was going to be. How many of you ever been tempted to quit on your faith, to give up, to try something else, to let go? It didn't work out. You gave it a shot, but it just didn't work out for you. How many of you know somebody that at one time could say they love the Lord with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but today... They're far from the Father. How many of you in here at one time would say, man, I'm committed. But today you find yourself in a different place. Your heart's far from the Father from where it used to be. Maybe you haven't quit on your faith, but man, it's not as strong as it once was. It's not as deep. It doesn't have as much meaning as it once did. I believe today there are several reasons why people quit on their faith. I'm going to run through a couple of them, then we're going to spend a few minutes talking about one of them. Uh, one reason, I believe, is, is because quitting, giving up, has been a normal part of your life. So you think, well, I can just do it too. Maybe you've been quit on. Maybe you had a family member that gave up on you. Maybe you had a mom or dad that gave up on you. Maybe you have a boss that quit on you. Maybe you had a husband or wife at one time that quit on you. And you've been surrounded with people who have given up on you, people who have quit on you, people who have left you behind, people who have moved on and did not take you with them. And so you think, well, listen, quitting is what people do. So when you're tempted to quit your faith, 
That's only natural because that's what you've seen. That's what you've experienced. That's what you've been exposed to your whole life. Uh, I think having wrong expectations of your relationship with the Lord can lead to quitting your faith. Um, I've shared with you guys before my expectations of being married um, that I, uh, I really thought um, dinner would be on the table every evening at 5.30, ready to go. Um, I really thought all my clothes would be washed. My clothes would be ironed and laid out for me every morning. Um, I really thought I'd have somebody to, you know, you guys have a recliner in your house? You know the little lever on the side for it to recline? I thought my wife would, like, pull that lever for me so I could relax. Um, I thought I would have chocolate chip cookies made for me every day. Kelly does make good chocolate chip cookies. However, going into a relationship, any relationship, if your expectations are wrong at the beginning, it's going to be very tempting to quit once that relationship doesn't play out the way you expected it to play out. You know what I'm saying? Everybody follow? If you go into a friendship with different expectations, once those expectations are not met, your first instinct is to quit. You go into a marriage with different expectations, once those expectations are not met, the first instinct is to quit. You go into a relationship with the Lord with certain expectations, and those expectations are not met, their first instinct is to quit. Having wrong expectations in your relationship with God the Father will lead to you quitting on your faith. Number whatever number we're on, having a bad experience at church can lead to you quitting your faith. Anybody ever had a bad experience at a church? Yeah. You know why? Because we're all human. If you stay in the church long enough, you will experience the human side of the church. It's just the way it is. Because we're all human. As much as I pray, as much time as I spend thinking and in prayer about what God wants to do through me, through us here for this community, what we want to preach about, what we want to do outreach-wise, service-wise, what, what God wants to do through us, I'm still human. There's going to be some time, I'm going to say something if I haven't already that you're not going to like. <laughs> Can I just be honest with you? I'm going to say something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to forget to do something that you expected me to do. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen the other way around, too, because you're going to say something that I don't like. You're going to let me down sometime. I'm going to let you down sometime. It's going to happen because we are humans. We are not God. We are humans. However, we are here trying our best. Amen. We're trying our best to follow the Lord and what the Lord wants us to do. So a bad experience at a church can lead you to quit your faith. Difficult circumstances can lead you to quit your faith. Uh, just going through a struggle, going through pain, going through a trial, going through tribulation, going through bad doctor's report, going through bad relationships, going through bad finances, going through a bad mental space, and believing the lie from the enemy that God would not let you go through this if he loves you. So then you think, well, God doesn't love me if he's letting me go through this, so I'm done with this Christian stuff. Anybody been there? Anybody been through a struggle, been through a valley? 
And the only thing that the enemy wants you to do is to blame God. God didn't love you. He wouldn't let you go through that. You need to find something different. You need to quit. Give it up. Just stop. Number whatever reasons that people quit their faith is sin. Sin will lead you to quit your faith. Why will sin lead you to quit your faith? Because sin keeps pulling you further and further and further away from the object of your faith. And what the enemy, the lie that the enemy tells you about sin is this. You've done that for years. You've done that for decades. You think God's going to forgive you now? And so we believe the lie that we can't be loved, we can't be forgiven, we can't be set free. We've been living this lifestyle. We've been uh, hampered with this, this addiction, this sin for years and years and years in our lifetime. God hasn't set us free now, so he's not going to do it, or hasn't set us free before, so he's not going to do it now. So let's just give up. Anybody been there? Anybody had the enemy tell you, Stop. You're too smart for this. Or you're too bad for this. Or you're too good for this. You don't need Jesus. Just give up. And the last thing, and what I want to spend a few minutes talking about this morning, one of the reasons that people quit their faith is because they hold back from God because you hold back from God. We see an example of someone holding back from God in Acts chapter 4. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Acts chapter 4. We're going to read a couple verses, and then we're going to go down to Acts chapter 5. So Acts 4, starting in verse 32, says this. This is right after the church started. We talked about the church starting a few weeks ago, a few months ago, uh, about how Jesus uh, was crucified, resurrected. Uh, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down and it gave birth to the church. And so this was right after the church started. Here we go. Acts 4, verse 32. All the believers were in one one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, stop right there real quickly. As I was studying this this week and I was reading those first little couple verses there, I was struck how you see two things there. One, you see people um, obeying, obeying God by their actions, and then you see the word being preached. That is the exact definition of what James talks about when our, when our words, our faith, and our deeds have to match up. You see the deeds there by them serving each other, and you see the faith by them continually preaching the word. There is not one more important than the other. Them things go together. Amen? A church cannot serve faithfully without the word. Right? A church cannot preach the word faithfully without it being connected to service on the outside. Amen? Amen? Amen. Keep reading. Uh, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that they were, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them 
brought the money to, uh, brought the money from the from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Man, what a church that was! Doesn't that sound like a good church? A church that preached the gospel, that preached the resurrection. God's grace was powerful in them, and there was no needy people in their church. <sighs> Sweet, huh? Keep reading. Acts chapter 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira. By the way, anybody in here um, know somebody or getting ready to have a baby? I've got two good baby names for you. If it's a boy, Ananias. If it's a young lady, Sapphira. We're going to change your name, TJ, to Ananias. Okay, keep reading. Keep reading. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back, he kept back, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold, and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Verse 5, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all those who heard what happened. I bet it did. I bet it did. So there you see. Somebody, a guy named Ananias, held back, withheld from the Holy Spirit and from God the Father. Two quick things about what it looks like to hold back from God. Three quick things. Number one, I believe today that the church has a huge problem with part-time Christians. Part-time Christians. You know what a part-time Christian is? Someone who comes in here on Sundays and then never thinks about the Lord when they walk out that door at 11.15. Oh, you'll come in here, we'll look good, we'll sound good, we'll smell good, we'll give high fives, we'll get coffee, we'll get a donut, we'll say everything's good. But once you walk out of that door, the thought of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the word of the Lord never enters your life for the whole week until next Sunday when you come walking back into this building. Can I tell you what part-time Christianity gets you? Part-time Christianity gets you full-time failure of faith. There is no such thing as a part-time Christian. God in heaven is calling you and calling me and calling the church as a whole today to be fully and wholly surrendered to him. You're either going to heaven or you're not. Right? You're either in or you're out. There is no, I'm going to heaven on Sundays, but not Monday through Saturday. How ridiculous does that sound? God is calling you, God is calling me to be fully and wholly surrendered to him. So if you are holding back today, God is calling you to let it go. God is calling you to bring it to him. God is calling you to fully 
and wholly surrender today. We see Ananias here in this story. He held back. For him, he held back money. For you, it may not be about money. It may be about a job. It may be about a relationship. It may be about a person. It may be about an addiction. It may be about an area of time. It may be about another resource that you have in your life. But if there is an area today that you would say is held back from the Father, can I encourage you to let it go? Have I ever shared with you guys the story about when we bought our house, when Kelly and I bought our house? I did? Are you, you the only ones that remember? <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll share it again then. Uh, seven years ago, Kelly and I bought a house. And uh, we have a great house. It's in Denton, right across the street from my mom and dad. Built-in babysitters. Oh, it's great. Wonderful. It's got, um, it's got three bedrooms, thankfully, because we got four of us now. Two of us, we do share the same room. Um, it's got a basement. Needs some work done in that basement. Seven years later, it still <laughs> needs work done in that basement. Did y'all hear what TJ said? He said it needs a hot tub in the basement. <laughs> yes, it does, son. Yes, it does. Talk to mom before we leave. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's keep going before we get off the topic even more. Uh, so we bought a house seven years ago. Um, how crazy would it have been if we bought this house? We signed the papers we got all the, the money stuff taken care of. We got all the legal stuff taken care of. We signed the papers at the lawyer's office. The realtor, she hands us the key to our new house, and we go home to our brand new house the first day that it's really ours. We unlock the door. We walk in. We have a sweet living room. We had a really sweet front yard and backyard. We got a creek running through our yard. Uh, we got a nice kitchen over here to the right. Uh, we got Anna Lee's room here. We got a bathroom here. We got TJ's room there. We got mine and Kelly's room there. And then we have a bathroom in there. Sweet house. Sweet house. How crazy would it have been if we walked into that house and we had access to every room in that house except the last one on the left? And for us to get access to that room, we'd have to call the previous owner. And I'd say, hey, buddy, that door's locked on that last room to the left. Can I get in there? You know what he would be funny if he said? He'd say, that's a sweet house, ain't it? I said, yeah, sweet house. I love it. I love everything about it. love it so much. I said, but I need to get in this room. He would say, no, that room's still mine. You can have the whole house, the kitchen, the basement, the living room, the other two bedrooms, the two bathrooms, the yard, front, back, the creek, the bridges going over the creek. You can have it all. Sweet house. He said, but that last bedroom on the left, that one's still mine. That sure would be your room. <laughs> that sure would be your room. When we hold back from our, the Father, when we hold back from God, we're simply telling him, you can have my marriage, you can have my kids, you can have, you can have my, my hobbies, you can have my friendships, you can have all of that stuff. But my money, that's mine. 
My marriage, that's mine. You can have everything else except my Saturday nights. I do what I want to on my Saturday nights. That's mine. How many times do we find ourselves holding back from God? When that happens, when you hold back, it's going to be a lot easier to quit because you're not fully committed and fully surrendered to the Father. Number two, what time is over oh, good? Number two, real quickly, number two, what we see here with Ananias, uh, he, he uh, held back from God, holding back from God. It looks like us lying to God. We see Peter himself said, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? Why are you lying to God? You may think, what does lying to God mean? Like, what, is, what does that even look like? Lying to God? What does that look like? Well, let me share with you real quickly what it looks like. Uh, anybody ever, ever been in prayer and found yourself saying, God, please forgive me for blank? Anybody ever did that? God, I hope so. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Anybody have done it today? If you have, it's okay. It's okay. Lord, please forgive me for whatever. Then you come back three weeks later and you say, Lord, please forgive me for that exact same thing. And then you come back three weeks after that and you have that exact same sin in your life over and over and over again. Maybe for you, it's been more than three weeks. Maybe you've been asking for forgiveness for the same sin for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. You cannot seem to get past that one thing or those couple of things in your life. Can I share with you today that when we make a commitment to the Father and we turn our back on that commitment, that is us holding back from God. That is us doing the same thing that Ananias did there. It's us holding back. In the New Testament, how, do you get, how did you get atonement in the New Testament? How did you get forgiveness for sins in the, in the, not the New Testament, that's Jesus, obviously. In the Old Testament, how did you get atonement for sin? Somebody talk to me. Sacrifice. They had sacrifices. You can read about the sacrifices in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They give you a list of what was required for a sacrifice depending on what the sin was gives y'all in there how crazy would it have been y'all if in the old testament i sinned i got whatever this the, the requirement for the sacrifice was say it was a goat say it was a young goat and i take the goat to the temple the goat is prepared for sacrifice to atone to forgive my sins and the priest comes out and does this deal and then they burn up the goat. They sacrifice the goat for the atonement and the forgiveness of my sins. And guess what? I'm free. Amen? I'm forgiven. Amen? How crazy would it look if I come back over there the next day and pick up the bones of that goat, put it in a bag, throw it over my shoulder, and walk home? Does that make any sense to anybody? If you tried telling a Jewish person in the Old Testament time about that, they would think you were slap crazy. Why? Because once something was atoned for, it was atoned for for good. Once it was sacrificed, there was no going back and picking, up, picking it up over and over and over again. 
You and I today, when we find ourselves living a life where we are, we are, we are asking for forgiveness and we're dealing with the same sin and we can't get free from the same sin over and over and over again, all we're doing is sacrificing and going and picking up that sacrifice all over again. When what God the Father wants for you and I today is that once your sin is atoned for, once you've been forgiven, He wants you to be set free from it. The only way you can be set free is by being fully and wholly surrendered to the Father. Holding back stops freedom in your life. Amen? God is looking for surrender in you and in me today. Number three, really quickly, holding back from God not only lies to God, but it lies to people. We see it here in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, Peter's told, told Ananias, you lied to God and you lied to people. Can I tell you where most lies take place during the week? At right here. Right here in this very building that you're sitting in right now. And you may be thinking, what? What do you mean? Here's what I mean. We have people that walk in here every week, every single Sunday, pretending like everything's okay. Pretending like they have their stuff together. Pretending like their marriage is a 10 out of 10. Pretending like their kids is a 10 out of 10. Pretending like our job is 10 out of 10. Pretending like our finances are 10 out of 10. Pretending like everything is good in our life. When in reality, there are people sitting beside of you right this very second whose lives are falling apart. But we pretend like it's all good. When you hold back from God, you not only lie to God, but you lie to people. Can I give you some encouragement today? If your life's a mess today, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay for you to share with someone. It's okay for you to ask someone to pray with you. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to sob and to weep. It's okay for you to celebrate if your life is okay. But if it's not, it's okay. How much different would churches all across the world look today if the believers, if the followers of Christ would stop pretending and stop lying and started letting God do the healing and letting God do the healing through other people. Right? You realize that this is the only place you can get the help that you really need, your soul help, anyway. So why in the world do we pretend like everything's okay when this is the place, the answer's right there in that book, the answer is in the people beside of you. God uses words, God uses his power, and God uses people around us to meet the needs in our life today. I would love to walk in here on a Sunday morning and see one, two, three people praying for somebody 
You know why? Because that somebody was honest. That somebody was open. That somebody was willing to say, I'm not okay. I need the Lord's help. But what do we do instead? We come in here and we say, how are you? Good. Great. I'm fine. I was any better, I couldn't stand myself. No. When you're fully and wholly surrendered, you're honest with the Father, and you're honest with the people. Now listen, does that mean you've got to share all your junk with people? No. No. I don't want to know it. Because some of it may be illegal. I don't want to know. I cannot be held responsible legally if I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. But if you're going through a struggle, can you share with me? Michael, I'm going through some hurt. I need some encouragement. Can you pray with me? Yeah, you darn right I can. The person beside of you, they'll do it too. And if they don't, you come to me. I'll pray with you. And then I will go talk to that person. We will go have a conversation with them. And we'll pray for them as well. Let's be honest today with the Father and with other people. And that only happens by not holding back and being fully and wholly surrendered to the Father. Amen. Let's stand together. Come on up, band. What song you got, Alex? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for your word calling us to being fully and wholly surrendered to you. God, thank you for being a God that's worth being fully and wholly surrendering to. God, I come today confessing that there are times in my life, there are areas in my life where maybe I think I know what's best or I think I can do. But God, I want to make a commitment today to be fully and wholly surrendered to you. God, I pray for my brothers and my sisters that are, that are here today. God, if there's anything withheld from you in their hearts, God, I pray that you would call them closer to you. God, I pray that you would call out what's being withheld. Lord, I pray that we will be obedient people and faithful people and trusting people that we too would be fully and wholly surrendered to you. God, help us to be honest with you and be honest with the people around us. And God, help us to love each other, to pray for each other, to give to each other, to encourage each other when honesty happens. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.